Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of uh, Season 2 of the Two Hands and a Hurl podcast. My name is Robbie Mansfield. I'm joined by uh, the Editor-in-Chief, Mr. TJ Mills. How are you doing, TJ? Uh, good, thanks, Robbie. And yourself? Ah, not too bad. I'm uh, trying to get outside between, uh, between the showers, uh, trying to outside for a bit of exercise, but it's kind of hard when it kind of keeps raining or that sort of thing. How are you getting on anyway? Yeah, no, the same now, actually. I'm after knocking about 10, 15 minutes off me time every morning uh, with the, the heavy rain. So it's one good thing anyway. So I, I won't yeah. really slate the rain, even though it's morning Sunday was odd, was one of the coldest days I've ever put in. It was actually dreadful. Like, yeah. What time were you about? It was, I started walking at, I think it was 25 to 7. It's fair play to you. For a Sunday morning, it's good going. Yeah, no, I, I try and aim to get out between, any time between half six and about quarter to seven. So, yeah, it was it was dreadful this morning. And I heard for parts of next week, it isn't great either, but I'm not going to do a weather forecast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not till later in the show. Exactly. So we're going we're gonna to get going and we're going to talk about the rugby. So uh, the European Cup final that was on yesterday. So, uh Ronan O'Gara's La Rochelle, they lost. Um, kind of close enough game. They were kind of were kind of dominating the game a lot, and they kind of had it, even though they had a player sent off, and kind of um, a really great pass from I forget the name of the Toulouse uh, scrum half, but he made a great pass, and they kind of just uh, cushed uh, La Rochelle apart, and, and they got the try, and they're kind of ahead from then. Um, just going to ask you about Ronan O'Gara, and he's kind of probably overachieved with La Rochelle. At this point, and I was just wondering, like, because you're kind of involved in kind of coaching yourself, do you think it's a good time for him to move to like a, a bigger job? Uh, because he could be getting a lot of offers at the moment, and there's no guarantee that he will kind of do as well with La Rochelle next year. So, if you were kind of in his boots, would you be kind of thinking, you know, I've taken this team as far as I can, I'm going to move on while I have the opportunity, or would you be kind of hoping to kind of keep that momentum going and build into next year? Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant question, Robbie, because um yeah, the past few years myself in coaching, um, you're you're not the head honcho in a sense. You're kind of just a part of it, the the cog of the wheel, in other words. Um and the manager then has to deal with, say, the committees and all of that. Um now I was involved, I was the manager and coach of a it was a ladies football team years ago underage, and they would have been kind of um you would have having more more of a kind of a serious role than you would have then what I'm in, involved with the past few years. Now if you take that into the context of Ron Nogara, I mean he's after having great success with La Rochelle and um I can't think of the name of the team he was with in New Zealand and then the team in France as well. Crusaders I think. Uh, Crusaders. Crusaders, yeah um fair play. I know I couldn't think of it at all. Now the difference is when he goes up to the higher coaching role, even though you kind of you're in complete control, there's more obligations on you as well. That might sound obvious, but it isn't just around, say, the training and preparation of the team. There's also, say, a lot more on media briefings, but also having to liaise with sponsors as well. Um, so it, it will be a stiff learning curve firm, but... I mean, I would consider him one of the the top of the list to take over uh, Munster in the near future, but also the head coach of the Irish team. So the way I'll be looking at it is kind of now or never. Um, He is a very shrewd operator on Nogara. Um, I know a lot of skits can be taken out from for his punditry, but I mean, you often hear of someone where they're kind of slow and talking, their brain is busy, they're really clever. And I, I I don't think he would accept it if he didn't think he'd be able to do it. But it it will be a, a huge step up for him. As I was saying, you, you're dealing with the club committees, managing directors, all of that at a higher level than you would be as just a coach, as the head coach. But also you have responsibility for brand advertisement as well, in a sense. You have to liaise with sponsors and they, they have to be... Um, not only say bums on seats through ticket sales, but also um, kind of liaising with merchandising and all of that. So it'd be how he will be able to manage that. But I, I think, I think he will be able to 
he, I think he will be able to handle it and I think he will um, make a good job of it. The one concern I would have is, and it's the same with any team, is will he achieve the same level next year as they did this year? Because no one, uh, I mean, Leinster are red hot favourites in the Champions Cup semi-final. Le, Le Rochelle won't come in under the radar again kind of way even though people were scared of the run no Gareth factor they weren't really considering the the impact that the players of La Rochelle could have now I stand corrected and if anyone wants to disagree I'd be more than happy to be kind of shot down in what I was saying but it, it did you ever hear of the second season syndrome and that yeah, could that's, be that's what I was kind of saying like that kind of he's kind of maybe overachieved from like what his expectations at the start of the season would have been, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he's kind of probably gone beyond that. So yeah. Yeah. As you're saying, like the, the sophomore slump or the second season kind of syndrome could like, he could miss out on an opportunity by staying there another year. Like, you know? Yeah. Now the only thing about it is I don't think there will be, I, I don't think there will be a collapse. I mean, um, if they didn't make say a semi-final of the champions cup, next year well that would be considered a kind of a failure but if you look at french rugby french rugby is about the the domestic game the domestic league and kind of the likes of the champions cup and that would be kind of second territory in a sense and where ireland the pro 14 and all that yeah it's important but it's not as important as the champions cup and I, i hope that makes sense so um, I think Ron O'Gara will be more judged on, say, the domestic competition in France than he would be um, on the Champions Cup. But still, not making the knockout stages would be a, a bitter pill to swallow, a swallow for him, I think. Yeah, and hopefully uh, hopefully he doesn't have the slump and he kind of uh, goes on to bigger and better things. And hopefully see him back in the round the Irish setup. Um so we're just going to move on to uh, just a rant of the week. We're going to mix up the kind of the order of the topics and stuff. So we're kind of still going to stick with sport because uh, you were saying, TJ, you were kind of um, just talking about the advantage rule in uh, hurling and football and how ridiculous ridiculous it's been kind of interpreted by the referees of the match. Yeah, I, I, I like the, the old way they had it. Now, I, I hold my hands up straight away and I meant to do it, but I got sidetracked today to read the entire interpretation of the new advantage rule. Um, looking at it in GA and hurling and camogie, ladies football over the previous years was, you have five seconds. So if you're fouled, the referee will count to five, have the hand up in there. It's a bit like rugby, only it's it's five seconds. I think the way they're doing it this year is, is shocking. I mean, the one example I will give and i'm not saying it because it was kerry and dublin are to dig at you or anything it's <laughs> it, and, <laughs> but i mean kerry got a goal today a, a player was fouled but there were no advantage to the player after being fouled if the score isn't going to be awarded now there were gray areas before where um the advantage could be over and then players will be kind of lose possession now, I can kind of see maybe where the GA were coming from about it, but I think the interpretation at the moment is shocking. And I, I just don't think it's fair. Now, in saying that, referees are maybe trying to get up to the speed of the play as well. On The same as the players, they'd be only back for a certain while and to be out of match practice and all of that. But I think there's kind of more to that because if you look at, say... Um, John Kiley um, uh, put out an argument now he backtracked on it during the week fair play to him that referees seem to be targeting Nimerick there seem to be a stricter interpretation of the rules now at the moment and it's in, destroying the game I think the game um, like what Dublin done last year and everything keeping possession of the play frustrating players holding on to possession for five five six even 10 minutes at times and then picking off a score was actually to their detriment today so i think anything that the ga are doing to slow down the play jackie turl was on about it a couple of weeks ago on the sunday game as well that hurling is becoming boring to the spectators because very stop start you have 
goalkeepers playing sharp puck out and then driving the ball up the field, losing possession. And I mean, hurling and football was going brilliantly. Yeah, there was a few incidents, the likes of um, Sean Kavna a few years ago, where Joe Brawley had a go at him and all of that for cynical fouling. Yeah, something had to be done with that. But I think the GA are ruining perfectly brilliant sports by trying to overemphasize new rules. And I mean, even to mark the different interpretations around it, um, black cards and hurling, uh, or sorry, not black cards, but I mean, a yellow yeah, card that you go to the sin bin. It's the same as the black card in football, only it's around a 20 meter line. I think the GA are ruining it. And I'd love to hear what the the listeners think and if they contact us on Facebook or Instagram and just give their views on it. But I think the GA at the moment are kind of ru- uh, ruining the sport. They're slowing it down. There's too many frees. I mean, I'm trying to think of the free taker for Dublin. Um, Is it Burke or... um He scored 18 points against Leash last weekend. And I mean... Dublin scored 30 points so more than 50% of their scores came from you could say nearly place balls and I'm not just sing- singling out Dublin I mean uh, Tony Kelly done it for Clare last year but it's they seem to be more of it this year and I just I'm not happy with the way it's going and especially where you're trying to get supporters back in that this year you you want the, the same pace that was there in previous years and I, I don't see that at the moment. Do you think that kind of the GA are kind of almost the committees and kind of all the county boards are kind of, you know, when they get to Congress, they kind of feel like they have to be doing something like they have to be kind of implementing some sort of a rule change to kind of justify them kind of being there. And the kind of it's leading to this kind of tinkering that kind of, you know, as you're saying, probably it's going backwards, if anything, and it doesn't really need to be kind of changed that much. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's like. I, I think pundits have a lot to do do with it. And <laughs> this might be very hypocritical because I've done a lot of punditry for Camogie and GA on radio and sports journalism and all of that. So I would have been, and even now I'm critical. But I think the GA kind of, they're too, instead of just leaving things and making small adjustments, they're making dramatic adjustments, if that makes sense. I mean... You might have one or two incidents and automatically straight away here we're going to introduce a a rule change. Now, that's fair enough in previous years where you had proper pre-season competitions like the Oberon Cup, Welsh Cup, Watford Crystal Cup and then you went into the league. You say that's fair enough. You, You see how it operates in them competitions. Sometimes they just introduced it for national leagues. Um, because the pre-seasons were kind of uh, governed by the provincial councils and that. So they introduced it for the league and you'd have seven games, six, seven games in the league, then you have the knockout stages. And if it didn't work out, drop it for the championship. Now there's not that same time there because there are time constraints because of the coronavirus pandemic. So you're introducing new rules. Teams only have maybe three or four games they only had three or four weeks preparation. Each referee has a different different interpretation of the rule. You have one incident that will be let go and then a, another game maybe the following day or the next game that's on television, another referee has a different interpretation. And I think it's unfair on referees, especially where you only have one referee. If you take the likes of hurling, it's one of the fast it's the fastest field game in the world. And you have one referee. If they wanted to introduce something like that, go the likes of Dozzy Rule style, bring in two referees, at least there might be a bit of consistency there. Um, I don't want it to go the likes of the VAR or TMO route because you can see what's happening at the moment with the, the stop starts in the play, in other words. The, 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 if you look at percentages for the ball being in play, I say it's gone down dramatically than it was seven or eight years ago. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I I could go on all night, Robbie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think the two referees is kind of a good shout, especially as it's kind of so fast. The only thing I would say about the the kind of the Kerry goal that you kind of brought up, you know, I think 
myself, I'm not saying this because I'm a Dublin fan either, but I think the referee, you know, should have let the play develop more, but he blew the whistle. And because he blew the whistle, that meant anything that happened after that was kind of null and void, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Like, I know I, I kind of, um, in one sense, I think the referee should have let it go on a bit more and he would have scored the goal and then that would have been it. But he blew the whistle kind of too fast. Uh, so, and then anything after that was kind of, it wasn't going to be a goal, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Yeah. So I disagree kind of slightly you know, on that point that he shouldn't, that he should have blown, he shouldn't have blown the whistle as quickly. He should have let it develop more. But when he blew the whistle, that meant it wasn't a goal. So, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hold up my hands straight away. I didn't hear the whistle being blown. So I know I stand corrected on that, but there are other incidents. And it was just that game today. That kind of drew to me. So I know definitely I sound corrected. So um, I, I know. Just one more thing I want to talk about in terms of the kind of the rules and stuff is um, you know they really have the water breaks and I just kind of noticed myself watching the Dublin and uh, Kerry game today, which is a great game. Just that when it kind of go comes to the water breaks, um, it's kind of like willy nilly, like when they're kind of being done, if you know what I mean. And I think in some in some circumstances you can be kind of given an, an advantage to one team. Say, for example, in the match today, uh, Kerry had got two points in a row and then it went to a water break. And kind of the Kerry were kind of on a roll and they were kind of doing really well. So and then the kind of water break kind of stopped that momentum. But it was up to the referee when the, when the water break was. So I think it would be a fairer thing if it was kind of like a timed, like maybe even go to doing like four quarters, uh, like keep the water break fairly quick. but have like four, maybe 18 minute quarters it might be a fairer way of doing it than, say, just having the water break just whenever the ref kind of feels like it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I won't lie to you, Robbie. Last year when the water breaks came in, um, especially when I was involved with um, the club team I was with, I was kind of in favour because you're trying to develop a style and if things aren't going right for you, you try and chat to the players and change whatever's going wrong for you. This year, I mean, the the reason the water breaks were brought in because it was because of the pandemic. Simple as that. Um, they didn't want, I mean, sharing the bottles, all of that. That's completely acceptable and that's fair enough. It's it's only a tactic break now. It's as simple as that. That's the only thing the water break is at the moment. I mean, um, the GA and that are trying to do away with the kind of the mayor foreigner running onto the field because there were incidents Dublin Kilkenny a few year ago. There are other incidents where mayor foreigners got involved with, say, if to, uh, got involved with players and all that, and that's completely unacceptable. But I mean, we're coming near the end of the pandemic now. Do away with the water breaks. Come up with some other systems, even if you had to put stations around the field or some, something like that where you had water available or something. Now, that might may not make sense, but if there's a break in play, a player's down injured, or um, say if there, a player, was, say the ball was up the other end of the field or went out for a, a kick out or something like that, let the player go and get, get to drink themselves or something. They're well capable of doing it. The water break just makes absolutely no sense now. Along with the the new rules coming in, I think it's ruining the game because it's taken away the momentum. And yeah, if you're being decimated in the first 15 minutes, you can see 2-3-2-4. Yeah, I know it's brilliant for the team that's on the, the receiving end of that because... They kind of there's a break and play, the momentum's taken away, and the team that are behind can readjust. And that's, I mean, that's a, a kind of a base of the game. But yeah, we're coming near the end of it. Do away with it. But unfortunately, it's going to be there for the rest of this year. So would you be you'd be more in favor of just kind of going back to the way it was than to kind of change it up and go to four quarters? Uh, no, I wouldn't be in favour of four quarters. I wouldn't be in favour of a water break after 15 minutes. Um, like, if you look at it, the way the water break works is is meant to be a break in play. So a free being awarded are um, either after a pint or a wide. So it's a restart of the play. So I agree with what you're saying that they're 
they're different times. I mean, if they aren't a break and play, if you take, for example, the Kilkenny Tipperary game in the league a few years ago, where the the game the ball was in play for was it about eight or nine minutes or even more, where it was going up one end of the field, players were playing it to each other. I mean, if you're meant to take a water break after 15 minutes and you're waiting on a break and play, that could easily go to 18, 19, 20 minutes. So then you're coming up very close to half time. And it's the same in club matches after 15 minutes. And um, it just doesn't... Or sorry, uh, in club match be 15 minutes and then in... Um, Sorry, inter-county, because 35 minutes aside, it could be around 17, 17 half, 18 minute mark. I mean, players aren't going to die for the thirst in the space of that few minutes. There's going to be a break of play. You don't want players going down injured. Definitely not. You don't want players injured, but you know there's going to be a break in play. So let them take that 30, 20, 30 seconds pop over, get a drink or something like that, or do away with the water breaks altogether and just have people positioned around the field where they can fire in a bottle of water or fire in a plastic container or water or something to a player very quickly. But do away with the water breaks because, as I said before, the uh, the ball in play rate was going down as it was because of the stop start nature, say, and the different interpret or the new interpretation of rules or the new reinforcement of rules. You don't want to water break adding to that as well. So I know I'm definitely not in favour of that or four quarters either. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um so just in terms of the kind of the games of the weekend there, um <clears throat> obviously Dublin uh, Kerry they kinda of had uh, another epic draw on Turles. What was your kind of your favourite games of the hurling this weekend? Um, the Watford Limerick game today. Um, even though I wouldn't say it was a classic, I was really happy for Watford to get the victory there. Um, there will be arguments because Limerick went down to fourteen players, and I missed it. And I won't lie to you; I should know the player was sent off. But hands up, I was watching another game on the television as well, so I was trying to flick between the two. Um, I saw the incident and Limerick could maybe feel a bit harsh, harshly done by because it was a strike, but I may not. Now, watch it on Sunday game later on now, but I think it may have been a bit hard. And um, the other game would be Galway tip yesterday. I thought that was a really good contest. Um, uh, Tipperary getting their f- first win of the campaign and... Um, Galway Galway will be bitterly disappointed after defeating Nimerick in Pierce Stadium last weekend, but they'd be kind of a caveat with it because would you say Limerick would be worrying uh, without a win so far this year? No, because it's a very short lead into the league and come championship. So an awful lot of the results today um you kind of take with a pinch of salt. Um one one game noticeable in Division Two A is the performance of Offaly this year under Michael Fenley. They had a, a really disappointing year last year. Kerry uh, beat him in the final round of the league and they missed out on qualification to one B. So that's three from three for Offaly this year. So they'd be really, really happy. And another game, actually, a noticeable one, uh, Robbie is down defeating Carlo um, yesterday. And it, that that was a terrific result for uh, for Down. I want to make sure I got it right, but I'm, I'm almost certain uh, Down defeated Carlo yesterday. One concerning scoreline um, was, and not to drag on, was Cork defeating Westmead today, 727 to 15 points. It, it, no team needs defeats like that. Westmeat are a really good hurling county, really talented players. They defeated Kilkenny in the under one under twenty one championship a few year ago, but seven twenty seven fifteen points after running Watford so close three points last week. No one needs that. Really, no one needs that. And if Kilkenny done it to him. I'd be saying the exact same thing. No team needs a defeat like that at, at this level. There's plenty of goals uh, for Cork, though, where they're kind of on the subject of kind of scored, I think, 14 goals in three games. So they're kind of, uh, you know, I, I know you're kind of saying don't read too much into the games or the results at the minute, but uh, 
they're certainly finding it back at the net with regular regularity that will be kind of uh, be concerning for other teams Oh, definitely. And I won't lie to you, I'm kind of, and it might sound funny being from Kilkenny, but I'm kind of glad glad Cork are coming back competitive. I mean, they haven't won in All-Ireland since 2005. Um, in that time, they're... Who did after... they beat in that game? <laughs> 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 uh, I won't say anything about that. Was that an important game? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh no, we got revenge in 2006. That's all that mattered. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know I, I'm delighted and fair play because you can see the difference. Kieran Kingston's doing a good job down there. Cork are a really proud county. And I mean, he's after bringing in Donal O'Grady, and you can see straight away the difference in the Cork side. But I will put a caveat to it it's still early in the year. And I mean, the Munster Championship, similar, Leinster Championship has been a bit um, kind of a turf field. I mean, kind of the championship of that there. Some teams came out the wrong side. I mean, Dublin knocking out Galway a couple of years ago, it'd be an example of it. But do you look at the Munster Championship? Clare got their first win of the campaign this year. They're playing Watford, I think, in the first round of the Munster. But then you have Tipperary, you have Limerick and all of that. So just because you're going well in the league so far, the big test will come the championship. And if Cork don't make a semi-final this year or even make a final with the way they're playing, they'd be bitterly disappointed. So that's why I would caveat it and kind of take results at the moment with a pinch of salt. Now, I, I'd be delighted if I'm proven wrong completely because what you want is a really competitive championship like the Kilkenny, Limerick, Tipperary, Cork, Wexford, Galway. I mean, you just want to puck for ball between them and I think that's all they will be. But results this early, yeah, I take with a pinch of salt so far. But they're making great progress so far. Yeah, fair play, Sam. Uh, so we're just going to move away from uh, Sportfront for a little bit and we're going to get to our uh, picks of the week. So uh, what are your picks of the week this week, TJ? Yeah, um, my first pick was especially for Liam, actually, but um, unfortunately um, he can't be with us today. It's a YouTube YouTube channel called Slap Tam. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Slap Tam. Uh, yeah, Slap Tam. Um, now, I used to watch it a few years ago and I started watching it back again the past week or that. Uh, what it is, it's kind of like a typical YouTube blogger channel, but what they do is specialize in the paranormal or events that can't be explained. And um, yeah, I was especially going to send Liam on the link to it because... Uh, I knew I know he loves paranormal stuff and ghost stories and all of that. But um, if you have any interest in it at all, it'd be worth checking out. Now, I caveat it as well. There's some stuff in it, you know, straight away they're fake, but there's some stuff in it that kind of can't be explained. So uh, if you have an interest in that area at all, uh, it'd be worth checking out. Um, the other is I'm listening to a lot of Bob Dylan this week as well. And it's yeah. Bob Dylan's birthday to, or sorry, Bob Dylan's birthday tomorrow. He's eighty years old, and yeah, I, I really like Bob Dylan. And his concert in Nolan Park a few years ago, along with Paul Simon, was uh, terrific. So, yeah, they're my picks this week. Yeah, Bob's the man. Uh, he's a lot of lot of great songs, a lot of classic songs. And um, my picks of the week are um, my first one is on. I think it's on Disney Plus. It's a documentary. It's one hour documentary and it's called Breaking Two. And it's about um they're I think it's like Nike are trying to organize three guys to try and break the two hour marathon mark. And uh, now it's a really interesting kind of um kind of uh, kind of short documentary just about the kind of guys and their kind of background. Now, it doesn't really go a whole lot into their training. Uh just just kind of see them kind of getting tested and having to do like VO2 max and kind of fitness tests and that sort of thing. And kind of how they were kind of showing how they were going to attempt to break um, the kind of two hour marathon. And they kind of, like, I think it was maybe two months beforehand, they had the three of them run like a half marathon and hopefully they're trying to get all three of them under the hour. So if they could do the half marathon in under an hour, then they'd be on, on course to do the, uh, 
the full the full marathon under two two hours, obviously. So yeah, it's a really it kind of interesting. It's kind of short enough, only only an hour, like for to kind of see it. And um, they're supreme athletes. Like I am not a runner in any way, shape, or form. And I was kind of chowing into a big bag of Doritos uh, when I was watching <laughs> it last night. <laughs> not, if you want to feel really unhealthy and really unfit, just kind of watch that while you're eating some Doritos you'll, <laughs> you'll feel like a fat fucker um yeah so that's kind of um a good one to kind of check out and um just another one is kind of uh another it's like patreon already have it on youtube as well is um the flagrant two um podcast or whatever they kind of uh, andrew schultz and a few guys the on this week they had um a personal trainer guy and strength coach, uh, which is kind of interesting to me because that's what I do as well. So he was kind of talking like loads of different kind of um, things from kind of, they talk about kind of steroids, not not that they advocate it, but they kind of talk about, you know, the kind of the processes. And it's just, I just find it kind of interesting because I'm into that sort of stuff, into training and stuff. And the yeah. trainer guy is just talking about um, LeBron James and how LeBron James, he spends one and a half million uh, looking after his body every year and how that can help him to extend his playing career to make more millions and stuff like that and uh, yeah it's just really really uh, interesting it's kind of two hours long so you can kind of obviously kind of watch it in kind of bits and pieces or kind of listen to it if you're kind of you know driving or whatever it's kind of I found it pretty interesting yeah no they sound brilliant now Robbie I won't lie to you uh, last year they wouldn't be but yeah, this year I'm trying to definitely build up my fitness levels to a higher level, and thank God so far it's working out. That one about the the marathon in two hours, that is, like a marathon is what, 25 mile? Uh, 26.2 miles. 26.2. <laughs> My yeah. God, like that's 13, 13.1 mile an hour. My God. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely I, flat, like. You were saying to break the two-hour marathon, you'd have to be doing like, like four and a half minute miles. Uh, you know, so you know, at one point in history, they were, they were trying to break four minutes for a mile. So that's the that's how fast these guys are going. Uh, and yeah, they're just super fit guys. You know, fair place them. That's and I just calculated it there quickly. That's just under five minutes a mile. And I mean, if you look at it, everyone aims for the four minute mile. So that is phenomenal to keep that going. I mean, even the half marathon, not to mention doing the 26.2. My yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. And it was kind of one of the guys, uh, I think three of the, one of the guys, he was like a half marathon was his kind of distance. And he was really good at that. And they were kind of hoping because he was able to do it in under an hour, they were hoping to get him up uh, for the two hours. And the other guys were kind of marathon guys. And I think, I think they had the, t- the first and the third or the first and the second kind of uh, fastest kind of marathon times anyway. So they were kind of uh, the best kind of guys to do it. Um, I think they were kind of saying in order for them to do it, they'd have to knock seven seconds off each mile or something like that. Some, so they have to they have to find that much efficiency on every mile that they were doing or something. So yeah, fair play to them. Uh, so we're just going to uh, skip on to uh, the Premier League. Premier League finished up today. Um, so there's kind of a bit of drama at the end. And uh, I'm sure you're happy enough, uh, TJ Liverpool, they're back in the Champions League again. Yeah, I know, definitely. And Manny getting the two goals today, you'd be really delighted about that. Um, I mean, in their last 10 games... I think they only drew about two and all the rest were wins. So it's a pity that we... Now, I'm not making any excuses. I mean, the big challenge is for any team once they win a title after a long period, I mean, especially Liverpool with the Premier League, was to see how they deal with back-to-back. Now, the injuries didn't help. Uh, Losing Van Dijk and that... um, And then signing Jota and Jota being in absolute decimating scoring form um after joining Liverpool and then getting injuries. But I mean the way they finished the season you'd have to be delighted with. Um it was sad today seeing Minaldum's last game as well for Liverpool. I mean what he's after doing for Liverpool over the the I mean the past few seasons under Klopp has been phenomenal. Um so that's a really sad thing. Um what I hope is we're able to hang on to both Salah, Salah and Mane 
Um, I heard a rumour during the week that a bid might have come in for Manny, so I hope Liverpool have a price tag there that kind of prices them out of the market at the moment. Uh, Van Dijk coming back would be some boost. I think we need to sign uh, a backup centre-back. I know Kabak was there, but I think we need another player there, and I think we need another striker as well. I know it won't happen, but the likes of Mbappe or Holland or someone like that, um, I think could bring us to the next level. But I can see us being um, injuries aside. There were some terrible results this year, Robbie. But the way we finish, you'd have to be happy. And I expect us to be there, there by challenging next year. I'd be bitterly disappointed if we're not. Do you remember the top four predictions you made at the start of the year? I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, I think I think you had Leicester and ahead of Chelsea. Uh, I'm sure you did. But we'll have to listen back to that one. But I think you picked City, Liverpool, Leicester, or either Chelsea or United. Or maybe you left out United because you're a Liverpool fan. I'm not sure. I, I won't lie to you. I can't remember. I actually must <laughs> listen back. I genuinely, I won't lie to you, Robbie. I can't remember what I thought of 10 minutes ago at times. The yeah, brain yeah. fog at the moment. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, we're just chanting off air. You have to be bitterly disappointed for Leicester. I mean, I have a bit of a grad there for Leicester. I'm a Liverpool fan, but I have the height of respect for what Leicester done a few years years ago. And then Brendan Rodgers going there as well. What Brendan Rodgers done for Liverpool was fantastic as well. Um, we were kind of in a poor place when Brendan Rodgers came in and he brought us very close to challenging for the title, only losing out on the last day, I think. Um, so I mean, of all teams to defeat them today, I mean the the farm Spurs were in. Um, to lose out like that, you have to be bitterly disappointed. Uh, actually, the result of the weekend I think was Aston Villa over Chelsea. Um, if I was total with Chelsea, I'd be slightly worried. I know they bet Lens or less. I was going to say Lencer bet Lester last uh, last week, but. Yeah, there's kind of a worrying sign there after losing. I mean, that was a really important game today for Chelsea. I mean, if Spurs didn't beat Leicester, they would have missing out. So going into the Champions League final, you'd be slightly worrying for Chelsea whether uh, they'd be able to match. And you look at Man City's result over Everton today, 5-0. I mean, Man City didn't do kind of a Liverpool on it last year. They didn't over-celebrate the title in a sense because... It wasn't. It, they're after winning what four out of five. So, yeah, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be slightly worrying about going into the Champions League final. I won't lie. Yeah, and just on Man City, um, and I think it's going to be Sergio Aguero, uh, Sergio Aguero's last game, and uh, he scored a goal today uh, to overtake uh, Wayne Rooney to have scored the most goal with with uh, most goals with uh, club. Um, so, would you say that Aguero is kind of would you say he's kind of up there with Henri and Rooney, or, uh, Rooney obviously, and uh, Alan Shearer as kind of one of the best strikers in the Premier League of all time? Oh, definitely. And I'd be very biased in saying it. Up to this year, a good few years, I would have had an Aguero in my fantasy Premier League and he would have gotten me a good few points now. So I would have had the height of respect for him that way. Yeah, no, he was a phenomenal striker. I won't lie to you. Um only for the the money that's in Man City, I would say they would miss him. But I mean, Man City can go out. I mean, they could go out spend eighty, ninety million. Even maybe I heard a rumor of a hundred and thirty million for Harry Kane. So I mean, he will. He was a phenomenal player for Man City, and he scored some terrific goals. And he was one of the the stalwarts there with success Man City are after happening. But unlike other <laughs> sides. I can see Man City kind of missing him, uh, but he was an absolute phenomenal player and he he would be a fan favourite for years to come with Man City fans. Yeah, fair play to him. Hopefully he does well wherever he goes in the future. Uh, so we're going to move on. We're going to go on to our uh, jokes of the week and uh, fair play TJ, you won. Uh, you were voted in our Instagram poll. Our, Inst- our Instagram followers uh, voted you as the winner. So congratulations on the jokes Thanks. of the week. Thanks a million. I, I don't see what all the hype was about it, but I know I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Are you saying that now? <laughs> I was actually so, 
I was hoping the sympathy actually worked, but it was only ripping the piss. So yeah, <laughs> I must check. I must check everyone who voted on that one. To be honest with you. <laughs> uh, so as defending champion, uh, do, you wanna, do you wanna go for your joke there? Yeah, no, I'm under pressure this week now. So yeah, <laughs> now, you're like, if, if La Rochelle had won, you know that would have been like that would have been you now. You know the way. So you have to. Everyone's expecting from you now. You know. So yeah, and deliver. The target's on me back now. <laughs> uh, my dad told me a bad joke about boxing. I guess I missed the punchline. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, I was actually having a chat uh, with my partner there, and she was saying that she noticed a bit of a, a rash on on my son's head, and um, she was talking about it. And I was saying, whatever happens, just let's not make any rash decisions. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I love a good pun. So yeah, pun, I like yeah. it. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, how does a penguin build its house? Don't he know. glues it together. He glues it. What? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, my my one is next one is not really a joke. It's more of a kind of wo- a warning for the. Indian variant that's kind of rampant in, in Ireland of uh, in Ireland for COVID at the moment. So just for everyone to go out and get their Punjab, <laughs> so you don't end up in a korma, and uh, especially so nothing happens to your nan. <laughs> nothing like a garlic nan. <laughs> garlic garlic nan, yeah. I love a bit of nan actually. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. I I haven't had. I won't lie to you. I haven't. I'm not going away from jokes, but I haven't had anything like that in an age. But definitely, once the pubs reopen again, I think that's going to change, actually. Straight back yeah. in. Okay, yeah. your last show, Keej. Yeah, uh, I once had a dream I was floating in a notion of orange soda. It was more of a fantasy. <laughs> uh, I could see it coming, but it's still good. It's still good. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so did you hear about um, Sister Mary? She made a cake for the, the bake sale. No. Do you want to know how much uh, money she made? Yeah. She made none. She made none. <laughs> she wouldn't want to make a habit of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like it, Rob. I like it. I'm back. <laughs> cool. Uh, so we're going to go on to our kind of sports roundup. Um, so basically, I was going to mention about the NBA playoffs that are kind of starting. Um, so as you kind of listeners might know, I've kind of gotten into NFL over the last while I've been kind of going on about it and kind of it's kind of the real off season there's nothing really happening in the NFL at the moment so I've been kind of listening to the same guys I would I would listen to talking about NFL and they're talking about the NBA playoffs so today I kind of checked out uh, kind of the highlights on YouTube some of the playoff games and there was actually a really good one between the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks which went into overtime and the Milwaukee Bucks, they scored uh, either a two or three pointer to win the game with at the buzzer. So it went into overtime, which is like a fifth extra quarter or whatever. And they scored at the buzzer to win the, the first game and to beat Miami Heat. So I think definitely if you're kind of looking for something now to fill that kind of Premier League kind of void, uh, maybe trying to catch some of the highlights or watch some of the games of the NBA because these guys are absolutely phenomenal uh, athletes. Yeah, I know. It's um, I often watch the, a few games now, be only the highlights of them, but yeah, I know the, it's phenomenal now. Um, yeah, I really have to. I think st- I said it before, not to keep repeating, I think it's just the time difference. And if, if they just... I, I, I'd be lazy to go searching through YouTube looking for it. I won't like yeah. it. Maybe so. If they kind of done something like that, it's. It, I think they're missing an opportunity that they don't kind of do. I mentioned it before. Do you know, like an Italian soccer type thing on Irish channels? Yeah. Um. The one thing I thought was brilliant. Now I know the season's over. Do you know the Aussie League? Aussie, uh, or what's the proper name for it? Do you Australian know the, rules. Australian rules. Sorry, I couldn't think of it. I mean, I think it was brilliant that T.G. Carr were doing the the women's games there, especially with so many Irish players in it. If they've kind of done that thing, I think they'd be kind of tapping into a niche. But I suppose it wouldn't be the major market anyway because they have enough. Yeah, I think it's good, though. It's good to, they're, like, it's a really kind of uh, exciting kind of game. 
Uh, and those guys, uh, guys and girls are supreme athletes. They're really good. I know, uh, actually, in terms of the NBA, the uh, TG Cahar or Tina G or whatever they did, they used to do like on a Saturday morning, they used to do like a NBA uh, kind of roundup show and it was really good. And they kind of just show like some small highlights and then extended highlights of some of the games. So that was kind of good. So yeah, but I suppose if you're kind of, you know, the the highlights are there on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, if you want to kind of put less work for yourself, it would be good if, you know, an Irish TV station or whatever, just put a package together for you. Yeah, I know. I, I won't lie to you, Robbie. I'm kind of disappointed now that you said that because I never remember seeing it or never remember hearing of it. So um, I know I, I won't lie. I will check it out. And maybe um, in the next week or two, I'd start picking out a, a team to watch over there. And um, like we were saying before, it'd be deadly to link up with... Um, the GA and other sport clubs in America and uh, likes of Australia and that as well and following them because um, it gets you through the boring times as well. So definitely. Yeah, uh, cool. So we're going to move on to our, our next topic, which is uh, something you hate that other people love or like or everyone seems to like but you. So what have you picked for that, Tej? I have to hold my hands up. I taught a knot for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I let you take this one quickly and okay. I try and think of something quickly. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, basically uh, what I kind of, I don't really like that a lot of other people like is, I have to admit, it's a lot of Irish bands. I'll be honest with you. I know, I, you know, I should, yeah. I should pull on the green jersey and I should listen to them or whatever, but I just, anytime I hear them, you know, I'm just like, no, I'm just not a fan, I have to say. And like, there's nothing wrong with the music. It's not bad. It's just kind of, you know, I just, I'd never, like you kind of mentioned having a bit of a growth or a Lester or whatever, but I don't have any sort of a, a want to listen to any of the music. And, you know, a few bands, I'm, like they're good bands, but I don't like them. Uh, but everyone else seems to do. I know Liam has kind of mentioned them on the podcast before is picture this, uh, Code Line. And I actually, I don't really like U2 either. Like, I know U2 have a really great album, uh, Joshua Tree, and they have loads of really great songs. But I think a lot of their later albums, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'd rather watch kind of paint dry and kind of listen to them. Just, they don't do anything for me. So uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be kind of conflicted in it um, because... Um, there's some that I there's some that have some brilliant songs that I I would really enjoy. Um, I yes, yeah, some maybe kind of hit or miss with me. I won't lie, but one thing I would say straight away, and I know uh, your sentiments around it, you will try and support local acts definitely as much as you possibly can. Um, but yes, yeah, some yeah, I I'd have to tend to agree. Um. I like I like the likes of um uh Dermot Kennedy and oh god I'm terrible uh Robert Grace um from Greg Namana I hope I got his name right um acts like that sp- kind of acts that kind of worked their way up and that's why I'd have to kind of respect some of the Irish bands but yeah some of their kind of niches that you'd have to yeah, like, be I'm not saying I don't like I don't like any Irish bands. Like I like Walking on Cars and Dermot Kennedy, as you said. Like I, I, I just, I just don't like you know these bands that a lot of other people seem to really like, especially like you yeah. two. People are mad for you two, and I'm like, oh, I don't really care. To be with you. Yeah, I know. I sorry. <clears throat> yeah, I I wouldn't be a major fan of you two either, and I know friends that are. But yeah, I mean, they did have some brilliant songs, but. Yeah, if they were playing a concert tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. Um, I I kind of go maybe under peer pressure slightly, but I wouldn't go online trying to get a ticket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we I could be slated for it, and I am right. It is Robert Grace, the great the man. I have first brain fog lately. I don't know why, but um, yeah, no, I I'd agree completely with you. Yeah, and have you thought of that for and you? Yeah, I actually kind of stole your one slightly, um, <laughs> and my one to be craft beers, 
Now, I know oh, it's yeah? I know it's very important that local industries have to be supported and all of that, but it's a bit like I like Budweiser. You think it could taste like piss, kind of way. It's different tastes, but yeah, I I don't like people letting on they like it that they just drink it for the sake of drinking it. Now, I know you have to support local businesses and all of that, and. I'd be completely behind the likes of that, but I don't like people just doing it for the sake of doing it. And I yeah, know I God it's, a, few it's a hard market because there's lots of lots of different uh, options, you know the way. So it's, it's a lot of effort for you know for like people may or may not like it, you know the way. So oh, definitely, yeah. definitely, and I make it perfectly clear it's not my kind of niche. I did drink one craft beer one time and i thought it was absolutely outstanding and terrific but then i then i did and i suppose it's it kind of appeals to different palettes as well and i make it perfectly clear support your local breweries simple as that if you like it support them because local business is most important but yeah it wouldn't be for me now was there a thing with uh smithics in kilkenny or something was there some sort of thing going on around that lately or no. Yeah, they they uh, Diageo wanted to close the Smedics experience. Do you know the building right beside the courthouse in Kilkenny? Yeah. And um, the reason why I think it was a shocking decision is I'm involved with an event in Mockra every year. I'm on the committee for it. And that was one area we used to send uh, participants down to as a kind of a tour. It's, it was similar to the Guinness experience or the Jemison experience in Dublin and Cork. And um, yeah, I actually, I'd appeal for people, especially around Kilkenny or surrounding areas that maybe listen to, actually the petition was handed in, so I'm a bit late hopping onto the cart here now with that, sorry. But yeah, they wanted to close it down and I think it'd be a fair shame um, for it to happen because it was a real tourist attraction. Um, but I suppose um, maybe the reasoning behind it was businesses like that being closed due to the pandemic, but I would love if they'd reverse the decision, I won't lie. Yeah, something that um, I've actually <clears throat> kind of living in Kilkenny for years, I've always kind of meant to do, but never got around to. So hopefully... Hopefully they kind of keep it going so they can uh, get another shot going. So we're going to move on to another topic. Um, so as I kind of mentioned before about um, I kind of watch or listen to a lot of kind of American kind of sports commentators and kind of they have a lot of kind of debates about who's the gauche and whatever sport and all that sort of stuff. And I think they kind of mention is uh, this kind of term clutch, which essentially means that they kind of they perform the best with the kind of all the kind of you know everything on the line you know all the cards you know out on the table they're kind of in the biggest moments they kind of make the biggest uh, plays or biggest shots or whatever and or biggest turnovers and so so my question to you tj is who is a a clutch uh athlete in your sport yeah um i'm going to choose hurling obviously but I'm going to choose a player that, yes, he has all earned titles and yes, he has all stars, but he wouldn't be on the tip of everyone's tongue when you think of him as a leader, say, within the Kilkenny team. And I'm going to choose. Now, he is a leader and that's the reason I'm choosing him, but he wouldn't be the first player people think of. And it's Richie Hogan at Danes Fort in Kilkenny. Um I mean, he's after putting in some absolutely outstanding performances over the years and injuries didn't help him um, in other stages in years. And that's maybe why he wasn't always at the top of his game, which is, I mean, it can happen to anyone. But I mean, Kilkenny versus Tipperary in the league, I think it was around 2009. I think it was around 2009. It was an absolute rip-roaring contest. But if it's the if I'm getting the year right, Richie Hogan actually was the catalyst for Kilkenny win that league title against Tipperary. Um and then you go over ten years on, you see the goal he scored against Galway in the Leinster final last year. It was absolutely outstanding. So the reason why I choose him as the clutch of the Kilkenny team for so many years is 
he's able to do similar to what Colin Fenley used to do. He's able to do the dirty work and make sacrifices himself, getting into hooks and blocks. Now, it was maybe very difficult for him to get the full recognition that I think he deserves because of the absolutely outstanding players um, he has around him. Um, this might be funny saying it, but another one, and I'm only going to mention him quickly, is Bonner Mar Tipperary. I think he is an absolute outstanding player, and what he he's injured at the moment. I heard he got injured during the week, and he may miss the season for Tipperary, which I think's a complete shame. Um, Kilkenny Tipperary bias aside, I have the complete height of respect for him. But what he used to do around field for Tipperary, similar to Richie Hogan. And he wouldn't have been on the tip for everyone's tongue if you think of Tipperary. It'd be Shamie Callan and John Odewire, um, the likes of um, Lark Harbutt and all of that, Owen Kelly over the years. So, yeah, they'd be two ones, but um, my main one would be Richie Hogan and Kilkenny. Yeah, it's a fair shout uh, for Richie. I think he's definitely... Uh... He's delivered at the kind of the biggest on the biggest stage and in the biggest moments, and kind of he's hit you know the the big scores uh, when other people might have uh, passed the ball off or whatever. So yeah, that's, that's a really good shout. Um, so my kind of vote is going to go for probably someone who's kind of maybe he's obviously a great player and he's won I think it's eight All Irelands now, but um, he wouldn't be kind of the probably the maybe it might be for some people, but I'm going to go with uh, James McCarthy. Just because um, he's just kind of the engine for that Dublin team, and you know, as you're kind of saying about kind of doing the dirty work, like he'll he'll be hitting shoulders, or he'll be kind of getting turnovers, or he'll be getting the hand in, and you know, the odd time he'll kind of he'll turn up with you know a big point in a big match, or you know, he'll he'll kind of um, make a make a, a big pass to someone that kind of leads to a score, or he'll break, or one other thing as well, which is kind of um, he kind of he'll kind of break the line, you know the way kind of when you're against like a blanket defense or whatever, you know maybe against like Donegal or someone like that. You kind of he'll he'll the type of guy that will kind of go through a few guys, make a bit of space, and then offload it to someone who will score. You know, so for me, I think you know Dublin would have a lot less All Irelands if he wasn't kind of in there, kind of doing the dirty work. And uh, obviously, you have to kind of mention kind of Brian Fenton. You know, he's kind of a player who doesn't really put a foot wrong. You know the way, but um, yeah. I think I would just I would just lean towards James McCarthy because he's been there a bit longer and he's he's actually kind of been through a couple of defeats as well, you know, and he's not he's not the guy who takes a lot of shots. So when he does shoot and does score, it kind of maybe means a bit more, you know, if if that gets me if, if you get what I mean by that, you know. Yeah, I know I'd agree completely with you. I mean I'd have the absolute height of respect for uh, McCarthy. I mean he's an absolute phenomenal player and I'd agree completely with you because um similar to Richie Hogan, I mean, there they are star names that were around that Dublin team, the likes of um Alan Brogan, Bernard Brogan, uh, Dean Rock, I mean, um I can Kevin Mac Menimum. I mean, so yeah, on or sorry, on merchant is sorry, he got the golden dollar and yeah, yeah on yeah. merchant. I mean, kind of names like that. I'd agree completely. And if I'm not mistaken, James McCarthy's a doctor as well. Am I correct? Uh, I think that's um. Or sorry, you're a fella. The guy who is off the panel this year. His name escapes me. Uh, Jack McCaffrey. Oh, Jack McCaffrey. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I know. I, I was wary that I was mixing the two of them up. Sorry. Um, Jack McCaffrey, actually, I'd have the height of respect for as well. Um, yeah, it, like, it's kind of funny because if you it kind of link back the Dublin team to Kilkenny when they were at their full heights, there are so many players around the fringes that... Like, they were just so phenomenal that you'd actually miss them. Because if you had, say, a player getting the goals or kicking the freeze, you'd, you'd, or hitting the freeze and hurling, you you kind of miss them because they wouldn't be getting the, say, eight, nine points a game or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, I know he's an absolute phenomenal player. And, um, yeah, I, I couldn't pick a better one in football. I won't lie to you, Robbie. Yep. So uh, I was just kind of, if Liam was here, I'd ask him who would be uh, 
a clutch player in rugby. So we might throw that one out to the um, maybe Instagram people or maybe uh, Liam can let us know for the next day who he'd pick as uh, as his player for that one. So we're going to move on to our, our final topic, which is the high ball, Tej. Yeah, the high ball. Oh. Woo! <laughs> so you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier on with the kind of um, the kind of paranormal activity with the the uh, YouTube show. So um, I think in the US they're kind of releasing some kind of uh, until now classified documentation on uh, UFOs and stuff like that. So uh, my question to you, TJ, is is the truth out there, or are we are we alone in the universe, or are we just um, we just haven't found uh, aliens yet? Um, I don't know, Robbie. I, it's kind of a catch twenty two in a sense because if you look at the perception of say extra extraterrestrials out there, if you take ET out of it, I mean any films or anything you see like that, they're going to cause devastation. So I mean, after the past couple of years, we're after going through, you'd be scared that we do find out they're there, and that'd be the next thing to worry about. I know. All joking aside. Um, yeah, I, I won't lie. I did see a couple of things in the sky. Now, I wouldn't be into astronomy or anything like that. But there would have been a couple of things you would have spotted in the sky. Now, if you listen to experts or that, it may be satellites or something like that. That may be. But yeah, there was a couple of lights I would have seen at times in the sky that you'd be thinking it'd be kind of fairly weird like. Um, so whether i i'd like to think there's something else there we're not alone kind of way um it'd be similar to discussion i think we had a few weeks ago about um kind of afterlife i i genuinely believe there's something further than this um say once a person dies so and i do have my own personal fate and everything like that but uh, i'd love to think that they are they are people on other planets. I, I really would love. Um, and like I was saying, if there were any way that we could kind of make contact, that could actually maybe help some of the difficulties we have. Like if they are other people out there that haven't been discovered yet by NASA and uh, organizations like that. I mean, the technology they must have, if it could be harnessed, if they were there, could maybe benefit years to come if they weren't hostile. So do you think do you think that we are the smartest beings in the universe or is there other stuff out there that's way smarter than us? <laughs> uh, well, when you look at some of the decisions in politics around the world, uh, I wouldn't say we're the smartest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. You'd have to hope there's uh, better out there, I suppose. Uh, I know, uh, all joking aside on that, I mean, if you look at, um, if you, and I know we don't like talking about the pandemic on the podcast that much, but you have to give a shout out to the uh, virologists and the scientists that developed the coronavirus vaccines. I mean, so they are really, really exceptional people out there. Um and I mean, the way they'd done that, I mean, I was actually thinking today I'm getting my second jab on Tuesday because I had a transplant a few years ago on my eye. Um, and to think uh, this time last year, people were saying that it could be the soonest 18 months, uh, which would be towards August or September this year, roughly around before they even be properly tested kind of way. Um, to for the scientists to do what they done, and especially in the news today on about that, uh, the Pfizer and AstraZeneca is uh, effective against Indian variant. Sorry, I'm not going on the pandemic. Going back to what you're saying about the cleverest, I We're think that here. <laughs> I think that just shows that we really do have some really exceptional, clever people. But if it was say, if you're to put one up, if they, it was discovered that there were aliens out there. I say we might come up short because if you look at it, if the if aliens do exist and they're what millions of light years away or whatever the timeline is meant to be, to have the technology to do that, you would have to say that they would be clever. 
Yeah, I, I definitely don't think we're alone in the universe. Um, you know, it's kind of the universe is so big that it's you know probably virtually impossible. You know, but as you're saying, it's it's just maybe the technology. Like it, it's possible. There's aliens out there that are way smarter. That are just like Jesus Christ, to stay the fuck away from them. <laughs> we're never going anywhere near them. Just keep them under their planet or whatever. Uh, they're they're fucking dangerous. Like, um, <laughs> do you know what? Like, you know, if there was kind of aliens out there, you know, at least there might be a fairer Mrs. Universe uh, contest. You know, so <laughs> because it's only, it's only had uh, entrance from Earth. So, you know, I got to say it's kind of it's unfair to the rest of the universe. Like there's this kind of apartheid going on in this competition because the other planets don't even get a look in. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking, wouldn't it be deadly in a few years to come that you'd have Kilkenny versus Mars in the hurling final and oh, yeah. you'd have sure, proud hurlers and you'd have Dublin versus uh, Galantis ex- <laughs> uh, uh, football club uh, in dollar and football final. That'd be That'd be something yeah, well, to behold. Well, the way the Dublin football team is playing, they probably need to, you know, play someone out from a different planet. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> you only drew today, Rob. I oh, know I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was actually, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that could be the solution for the GA. I know we're uh, chatting about fixtures for a while. Maybe that could be the solution. Bring in. Uh, an alien, a couple and a couple of alien teams in both hurling and football, and or uh, you know what they could do just to solve the problem of your rant is maybe they could develop technology that could um, improve hurling, improve football, maybe get better officiating. You know the way, so maybe something that's better than VAR, better than uh, TMOs and rugby that would just kind of streamline the game. Maybe that's it. Like you could argue that. Gaelic games are just so advanced that maybe there's not the technology around and we might need to look at a different planet for the technology to try and help the game along. Well, it's actually, now it might sound completely, if someone's just listening to the podcast now, they're saying, what the hell? But (laughs) I mean, if you look at it, say, similar to, say, the Christ that's in the Catholic Church with shortage of priests, counties have shortage of referees because of the abuse that some officials get. So maybe a solution would be to solve all all of these problems is kind of to introduce some sort of AI. Now, how that could possibly be done, there are more people more advanced and more experienced and everything than I will ever be. But maybe would that be a solution that you'd have some sort of artificial intelligence monitoring the game and kind of signaling when their fouls are kind of like a VAR, but an automatic system. Yeah. Would I that think work? The, the GA may uh, get up off their arse and get in contact with the CIA and try and get all of this information out in the public domain so that we can have a proper conversation about officiating of GAA games. <laughs> the truth is out there. The truth is out there. Cool. Uh, so I think we'll leave it there, TJ. So uh, good chatting to you as always, man. Yeah, I know, definitely. And I won't lie to you. I actually can't understand. Or I don't know if I made any sense today at all. But if the listeners... I don't think you make any sense, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting anyway, Robbie, and I really That's enjoy it. it. Fair play. Fair play. Happy days. So uh, chat to you again, TJ. Good luck. Yeah, good luck, Robbie. Have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.